0: Hey, this is Rob Cadjano from the band Volbeat, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks.
1: Turn it up. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Scott from Skeleton Witch, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. This is Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks.
0: to episode 467 of the iron city rocks podcast i'm your host john coming to you from the iron city of pittsburgh pennsylvania bringing you the best rock hard rock heavy metal and blues talk on the net episode 467 we are pleased to welcome to iron city rocks for unfortunately the first time i can't believe that uh britney slays of the band unleash the archers unleash the archers uh of a power metal i guess if you had to put them in a genre a band that have been around uh, for, for a while now. Their debut album came out in 2009. Uh, but they moved to Napalm Records uh, in 2017 and released a, a really fantastic record called Apex, which was the first half to a concept album that they finished in 2020, or they sh- I should say they released in 2020 and had been finished in 2019, called The Abyss. Uh, they'll be coming through Pittsburgh to do a show at the Craft House Stage & Grill on the 4th of September. So. Not much time before that show. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday night. Uh, fantastic band. Uh, great fans of, of. Really, I want to say, really intelligent uh, writing. Uh, Brittany writes some incredible stuff. When you listen to her talk about it, um, it almost sounds like you're going to be reading, a, you know, a fiction novel. Uh, but then she belts out an amazing vocal on top of amazing uh, musicianship. Uh, uh, Grant and Andrew, uh, incredible guitarists, and Scott on drums. Um, the band's gone through a couple bass players over the years, um, so they, they kind of uh, maybe will be filling in that void live, obviously, but the band's, I think, really on an amazing upward trajectory. They've really seem like they've got a handle on the fan base. So we're going to play you a little bit of Unleash the Archers if you're not familiar with the band and get into that interview with Britney Slays. pleasure to welcome to Iron City Rocks. We have on the line Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers. How are you doing today?
1: Doing well, thanks. How are you?
0: I am doing wonderful. You guys are rolling in to do a show on the 4th of September at the Craft House here in Pittsburgh. I know you guys have been through Pittsburgh a lot over the years, um, but excited uh, to get a chance to see you guys with uh, the two kind of killer bookend albums with Abyss uh, coming out last year. Can you talk a little bit about you know, kind of the concept behind those, and what I have to imagine is a very laborious task of writing the lyrics for all that.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, laborious, yes, but also very enjoyable. So uh, not too, not too bad. But um, yeah. So what we did is um, back in 2016, we started writing a new album, and I knew that I wanted to do a concept record. And originally, we kind of thought that we might do like a two-disc album Mm -hmm. release um uh, and i had the names already apex and abyss and i said why don't we you know kind of do like a big double album thing and because there was quite a few uh, bands in the past that i loved that have done big concept albums like that uh, but then of course you know time and studio
0: (laughs) money yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Um, we ended up, we decided to just record Apex and we had only a few riffs and things written for Abyss at the time. Um, so we put that aside and we focused solely on Apex and the story was pretty much written for both of them. Okay. Um, it was just kind of an outline for Abyss at the time. So when we got into the studio and started writing for Abyss in 2019, yeah, um, then we sort of fleshed that that record out um you know at that date as well so it was always you know meant to be these these two stories back to back uh, sure. and um it was just kind of you know <laughs> time and money as it, usual
0: <laughs> as as everything boils down to britney are do you write all the lyrics or, or do you guys kind of collectively kind of come in on the ideas
1: Uh, No, I write everything. I wrote the story. I kind of did it as an outline for both albums, and I set them out chapter by chapter. So I said, like, chapter one is... You know, for Apex, it was Awakening, and mm-hmm. this is what's happening, and this is kind of an introduction to our main character, who we call the Immortal, um, and you know, this is where he's at, and this is how I want the song to sound, and this is kind of the feeling that I want the listener to feel, you know, the emotion and tone, and then I would sometimes give an example of a song that I felt could kind of influence it, and than say, like, and it should be super fast or super heavy or, you know, something like that. And then, so I did that for both records, wrote out 10, you know, quote unquote chapters, and Mm -hmm. then the boys used that to write all the riffs. So at all times, we were always united by the story and by the tone and, and the emotion of everything and what's going on so that we were, you know, all moving in the same direction, writing the same cohesive record together.
0: Right. When, when you when you did that as a songwriter, you've written non-concept albums. And does it, for, as an entire album, do you did you find it easier to, because you had this outline of where you wanted all the songs to go, or was were there times where you were like, this is a lot harder than I thought to kind of get something to fit this part, that, you know, that still sounds like Unleash the Archers.
1: Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of both. I would say for the most part, it was easier because, you know, sometimes as a lyricist, you struggle with mm-hmm. what what to write about. Yeah. You know, like Sometimes a riff will get written and you'll be like, oh man, that makes me feel like this. I'm going to write it about that. And, you know, instinctively. And then sometimes you're kind of, you know, the whole song is written and done and everyone's got their parts and you're still stumped. Yeah. So it was really nice to know exactly what it was that I was doing and exactly where I needed the lyrics to take the listener and exactly what I was trying to convey so there was a lot of times there where it was basically just okay this is what I need to get down on paper Um, but then yeah in other times I definitely struggled and said Oh, you know, like how do I express this yeah. in musical form? It's like impossible. But
0: Yeah, I, I often think back to, you know, one of my personal favorites operation, Mind Crime, and think, you know, when by the time mm-hmm. they got to I Don't Believe in Love or Eyes of a mm-hmm. Stranger where they just kinda like, This is a cool riff, I need to write something, you know, um, <laughs> you know, because you're kind of you have the benefit of the structure of the story, but then you also have the limitations of the structure of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the sound on this album, a, a little more synthesizers in in this, um, was that something that just kind of added to the, almost kind of the, I don't want to say cinemagraphic sort of nature of the, of the music, but you know, it, it does have a bit of an orchestral feel to it. Is that something that just, that's how it sounded like it should be to you guys?
1: Yeah, uh. Apex was definitely kind of a, a grounded fantasy record. Mm-hmm. So when we started writing for Abyss, we're all super into synth wave and retrowave wave and, and electronic music. And so we said, how do we make Abyss sound different? How do we make it into a new record, something new? Uh, and we all were in total agreement that putting synth on the record would, would really give it that ethereal... Um, yeah. spacey kind of feel because abyss is definitely more of a science fiction record yeah so yeah it was kind of something that it was it seemed easy we were, we were really excited to incorporate it because we we're all really big fans of of synthwave and in that sort of style of music right now and, but we also were really excited to make it our own and to kind of put a, a metal spin on it and allow it to transport the listener to a different place we wanted them to feel very much different when listening to the two records but to still have that unleash the archers feel so that they didn't think that they were listening to a completely different band yeah
0: yeah i mean that that kind of leads right into the next question i mean grant and andrew are both amazing musicians um you know as as players was adding kind of a, a another layer of of the synth somewhat challenging or was there anything that you consciously had to say? we need to kind of pull back on the guitars so that the music doesn't become just too much or did it go pretty natural
1: yeah it was I mean it felt I mean it yeah there wasn't really any time where we said oh let's hold back here because we want Mm. the synth to shine or anything like that we didn't want to alienate anybody by making the synth the main thing ever. Right. Sure. We wanted it to just kind of be another layer to the foundation, and for it to be kind of a bit of icing on the cake, you know, just to to give it a different feeling. But yeah. it was it wasn't it was some at some points it was what started the song. So the riff that Andrew came up with, he came up with it on the synth, and then sometimes it was a guitar riff, and we would just kind of sprinkle the synth in there to mm. add to the song so that it fit with the rest of the record
0: now when you write you know obviously you have these ideas for stories are you a person who you know listens to what they come back with and then kind of construct a melody over top of it or or did you kind of have a melody and they worked off of you or how does that No,
1: yeah it was definitely all about the the riffs first so i sent them the outline they would come back with a riff i would say yes or no or almost let's change this Mm -hmm. or that or that kind of thing and then once we had the underlying guitar riff basically for the whole track then i would write over that and construct all the vocal melodies uh over you know what already had been written synth wise and guitar wise and then through the lyrics and at the very end
0: now this this came out last late last summer if i recall correctly was there, you know, I, I saw a lot of bands that were kind of holding on to records just because of the inability to support it. Um, was that something that you guys, I, I, I'm not mistaken, you had this recorded prior to kind of the, the lockdown. Um, mm-hmm. Was Did you consider hanging on to it longer or was it just we need to get on with this material, get it into our fans' ears so they remember we're here?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a, it, we definitely talked about it when we had the f- record finished in March. Mm-hmm. And we were on tour with Dragon Force through the States when the pandemic made its way to North America. And so we had to quickly fly home. I think we, we made it home like 24 hours before the borders closed. And it was a, it was a big ordeal and sure. very exciting and stressful. Um, and then we got home and we were kind of like watching everything that we had planned for the album release fall apart we had all these festivals booked and a huge tour booked in the fall and lots of things that we were kind of hoping that the pandemic would go away in six weeks you know but as we all know that didn't happen so uh it was it was watching all of that fall apart and then napalm pushed the record back two months because we originally were going to have a june release Mm -hmm. and then they came to me again and said you know what i think we should push to 2022 and by that time we had been in lockdown for a while and yeah. uh, we had been streaming on twitch and really kind of connecting with our fans and the general feeling was that new music was s- becoming scarce because everyone was pushing the, their yeah. re- releases yeah. so we said why don't we just give it a try let's give Everyone something to look forward to and i know i personally was on spotify every friday looking at my release radar wanting to see who was yeah releasing give me something stuff. give me anything Yeah, exactly i i need something to help during this lockdown you know i can't leave my house give me something to listen to so that that really kind of was what propelled us to say you know what let's just give it a shot and napalm was totally on board they were you know hesitant of course because it's sure. like what's going to happen when you release a record during a pandemic but i'm really happy that we did because it was really well received and our fans were really happy that we didn't hold on to it because it brought a lot of you know happiness to people sure. during a dark time
0: yep as a band you know and you guys are i you know it's hard to say you're a young band but you in, in relatively speaking in the world of metal you guys are still kind of uh, you know in the first decade or so um mm-hmm. so when when this came along did, did it kind of help i mean did you guys have sort of a meeting and say hey you know we need to start working on how we're going to keep our fans engaged because i mean it, you know at the end of the day it's easy for bands to kind of fade away um you know and the pandemic it was tough you know a lot of bands were trying to do live streams and and Different kinds of things. Did you guys have sort of a team meeting on how to approach that, or, or what did you guys do for guidance in that regard?
1: Yeah, well, we, cause, like I said, we had just come off the tour with mm-hmm. Dragon Force, and Herman is a Twitch streamer, mm-hmm. one of their biggest for, you know, on the music side of things, and he was streaming the whole time, and we were talking to him about it, and and just the whole the whole thing, and mm-hmm. how it's it was kind of transitioning from a gaming platform to really embracing music so we we didn't even really talk about it we all just got home in March and started streaming during lockdown (laughs) it was weird and it was Andrew first and then I started and then Grant started and we all just really loved it and it was this awesome way of connecting with our fans so much better than anything else we had ever come across before it's it's direct it's instantaneous and it's fun so that was really kind of I don't know like a, it was almost this natural progression like hey we can no longer tour we love touring we love seeing our fans and hanging out with them and um, you know playing live for them and we can't do that so what's the next best thing let's you know let's stream our our personal lives every day
0: yeah and is a you know as someone in the public eye was that something that you were comfortable with at first like Did You know, to kind of show a different side to yourself, I mean, obviously when you come on stage, you have stage clothes, you, you know, present yourself in a certain way to a crowd, but, you know, I think a lot of musicians at the end of the day just want to put a ball cap and a hoodie on and kind of disappear (laughs) out the back door. Was that something that was comfortable for you?
1: I mean, at first I was nervous, yeah, I wasn't sure what people would think or uh, how they would react or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but... I knew that I wanted it to be, I you know, I've never been the kind of person that has wanted to separate myself from our fans and, sure. and create this aloof persona that is some rock star that mm-hmm. you can't talk to or touch or, or know really the inside of their lives. I've never been like that. So, it it, it honestly, it wasn't too big of a step for me okay. to... To say like here I am in my t-shirt and sweatpants and we're playing video games together. Yeah, you know, it was. It, I mean, at first I was just nervous because I thought that people would. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I was nervous. I it was. It was definitely um, the Dude. wrong idea. It was. It was like immediately fun and and the community on Twitch, the music community in like especially, is so supportive and helpful and the second that they found out that we were streaming they just embraced us and brought us into the fold and it was fantastic so yeah positive experience all around
0: yeah and I I think back you know what you know regardless of what time you grew up in what kind of music you were into when you were younger you know to be able to interact with you know your heroes for for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term I mean it's just kind of mind-blowing when you think about the opportunities that fans have now Mm -hmm. that uh you know social media has come but it is certainly become almost imperative for bands you know anybody who's in a band after about 1999 to become very adept at social media in one respect or another or you know you do risk kind of losing that audience in the last couple years now Mm -hmm. when you go back out on the road um, are you guys able to do meet and greets? Is that, I, I realize that's kind of the lifeblood of a lot of touring acts is, is, you know, that hour or so before the show or after the show where, you know, they, they're doing, you know, the picture and sign a few things. Is that something you guys had done before and is something you, you would continue doing at this point?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have done meet and greets before. We really like doing them because it's a great opportunity to meet. Face to face with mm-hmm. you know your your super fans basically the ones that are willing to pay that extra dollar to to hang out with you so we always really love that part and we you know we never <laughs> like hide behind a table and it's always just like line up and hang out and, yeah um unfortunately I don't think it's gonna be able to be like that so it's gonna be difficult for us on this one um our manager is um putting together kind of these covid protocols for us. Sure. So, and he's going to send them out in a in an email to everyone. And it's basically kind of like, you know, fist bumps only and you've got to wear masks and it's really not going to be the greatest, but we do have to take care of ourselves yeah. and we can't risk getting anyone getting covid in the whole tour party because not only would that probably, you know, destroy whoever it was that got it, but It puts everything else at risk. Everyone else, and every subsequent show, and all the people that work at the venue, and everything. So we would literally just have to shut the whole thing down. So it's going to be it's going to be a little weird, but we really want to go forward with it because that's one of our favorite parts. So it's going to be we're going to be walking a fine line for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's certainly something that I think everyone has is kind of got to sacrifice for the greater good because you know you said it perfectly. You know you come down with it or the guy at the merch booth comes down with it, the whole tour kind of comes unraveled at that point. So yep. it's, it's certainly yep. understandable. I think most rational people can understand that. Well, Brittany, I want to thank you <laughs> so much for for your time today, and, and I wish you guys safe travels back down into the States for the tour, and we will see you in just a little little over a week at this point for the show at the Craft House. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Are you ready?
0: Live in concert, Summer Tour 2021, with special guest for one epic night, the Pavilion at Star Lake, Friday, September 3rd, 2021. Get tickets now at livenation.com. Corn with special guest Stained. Check more at cornofficial.com. Part of the Borders and Borders Concert
1: Series. Never be the same again.
0: All right, that about wraps up this episode of Iron City Rocks. A big thank you to Brittany Slays. Again, Unleash the Archers will be in Pittsburgh to do a show on September 4th, Craft House Stage and Grill. If you visit ironcityrocks.com, we'll have links to the uh, their website where you can get tickets. Um, a really fantastic band. Again, the latest album on Napalm Records is out now called The Abyss. Uh, you can get a, also get Apex, the other half of that uh, concept record. Uh, like I said, really Intelligent music, uh, I think, is, is the one word that kept ringing through my mind while listening to them is, is you know, the lyrics really take you places. The music is, is inspiring as heck. So definitely worth listening. Highly recommend Unleash the Archers. Uh, you can find out more about us, ironcityrocks.com. We're on all the social medias. We're at Iron City Rocks. Also, if you're listening to this, um, we appreciate anybody who took the time to vote in the Pittsburgh City Paper uh, for Best Local Podcast. Deeply appreciate that. We'll let you know when the results are posted. But anyway, Slice it was an honor to be nominated. That's, uh, you know, when people put you in the list of the top 10 podcasts in the city um, that has always been so sports-centric. Um, it's, it's great to represent music in that regard. So we really want to thank you. Uh, Rocks at gmail.com. If you've got a suggestion or a band you'd like to see featured on the show uh, or you're in a band, you want to be a uh, uh, chat with us we'd love to have you so reach out to us and until then we thank you so much for listening until next time thank you